He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined today by a friend of the show, friend of me, friend of, frankly, everybody. He's, he's just a friendly guy. Uh, George Sedano hops on with us now. Uh, he who talks LeBron. We're, there's a lot of that uh, to, to dive into here. Uh, George, how have you been holding up? I'm good, man. Just landed in Dallas. I'm doing the Lakers-Mavericks game tomorrow on ESPN with Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. So uh, just landed and, uh, you know, trying to see who's on the plane and who's not. Uh, although it looks like everyone but Taylor Horn Tucker will be on the plane as of right now. So as of this recording. Yeah, that was the, the we just we got that news about an hour or so ago or a couple hours ago. And uh, yes, as George just said, THT will not be playing. He is in a protocol. He has yet to tweet out all the fish emojis. Uh, we're still waiting on that. Um, and, and, uh, the subsequent testing that LeBron went through to get himself back and available only a couple days later. I don't think that's going to be how this plays out here this time with THT. Hope he is uh, healthy. Uh, and, and I hope everybody else around him is safe. I think the big, the big deal here, unlike with, uh, ODB, uh, unlike with, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, the Lakers were able to catch this before THT hopped on the plane the Rams, I guess, are in intensive protocols because uh, OBJ tested positive when he got back after having flown on the plane with all of the teammates and everything. This thing's a mess, man. Like, let's I, I just really quickly. There's no chance here that the NBA kind of hits pause here, right? Like, there's no. I, I mean, listen, I don't want to say no chance. Like, I'm yeah. not an absolutist in general. Um, I, I, I think they're going to try to power through, right? Like, I yeah. think that that, I think everyone is going to try to power through. And, you know, there's Omicron variant, you know, I'm not a doctor or a scientist or an epidemiologist by any stretch of the imagination, but I've done a lot of reading on it. Uh, it's way more contagious. Uh, it's still way too early to tell whether it's, you know, as hits you as hard as maybe the Delta or the other variants. Um, but you know, early stuff out of South Africa where it originated says that, uh, it may not hit you as hard, but that may also be because it can break through the original doses of vaccines, which is why people are saying, get the booster. Cause that I, I read today on the BBC's website, like you can tell I'm literally like reading through this stuff yeah. all the time. As somebody who was hopping here. on a plane. Yes, like... yes, yes. So it says it gives you a 75% uh, efficacy, I believe is what I read. Somewhere between 71 and 75% if you have the booster. So I, I just recently got the booster last month. Um, and, you know, I'm very careful when I travel because I get on a plane a lot. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, this. That, you know, this is not the time to let up as far as, you know, getting sick, right? Because who wants to get sick? Like you can, we can discuss the, this at nauseum about, well, you know, is it really that bad? I, I don't want to get into that discussion. You know, yeah. I, I have my firm beliefs on it. I don't, I just don't want to get sick ever. Like I don't want to get a cold. Yeah. I don't want to get the flu. I don't want to get COVID. I don't want to get anything. Okay. Um, I haven't been able to cough for two freaking weeks because of the stupid nagging cough that I've had. Not COVID. Everybody listen. Like it's not, it's not COVID, but like just getting sick sucks. 
Yes, it sucks. Getting I live with a freaking cesspool in Avery. She's just a a gene, a, a right. big ass germ pole. Correct. Your your child, much like my children, have been are human petri dishes. They go to preschool or school, and things get uh, you know passed along. My youngest had RSV uh, not that long ago, oh, which is uh, you know a respiratory uh, like uh, virus. Um, luckily, my wife and I didn't get it, um, but it just yeah. I mean. It's, you know, he was miserable. Of course he is. Cause it's, a, yeah. you know, it's a respiratory virus. Like no, nobody wants to get sick. Okay. Like, can we just, I, I think that if there's anything we can all agree upon is that nobody likes to be sick. Okay. Yes. No matter what the illness <laughs> is, no matter how grave it is, no matter, no matter how mild it is, nobody likes to be sick. So anyway, back to my point, don't like to be sick. So yeah, I, I can see where this is going to become potentially an issue because this seems to be uh, a little bit more, well, maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot of bit more uh, contagious. So we'll, we'll see. But I do think the leagues, all of them, particularly the NBA, will try to power through. All right, that's enough COVID talk because yeah. people are going to tune out. All right, so the the, the the things that I wanted to talk to you uh, before we, we hit that quick little detour there, uh, I mentioned that you speak LeBron, and I we do. have had a couple incredible Le- LeBron moments in, in the last week or so. Uh, we yeah. had... Him not standing up for Frank Vogel, him uh, discussing the Lakers uh, offseason and the people uh, who he considered responsible for that. And then uh, just the other day, he tweeted out that Taylor Horton, Horton Tucker is him in a lot of the same ways that he tweeted about Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma, uh, who are notably no longer Lakers. And and, and, <laughs> and so, you know, my, my question is for you, as as is usually the question when when we discuss LeBron is like, when you see the quotes and the tweets and stuff like that, is, is it, is it a, a solid chuckle? Is it like a guffaw? Like I find myself sometimes laughing really hard at his efforts to, to throw us off the scent. Now, listen, I would say it's occasionally a chuckle. Yeah. Uh, it's rarely a guffaw. Uh, you know, <laughs> guffaw is like throw your head back, you know, fall, almost fall out of your chair kind of laughter. Now, you know, maybe the, he'll hit me with one of those one day, but mm-hmm. it's usually a smirk and uh, it's usually a smirk. Yeah. And and, and occasionally a chuckle. Um, look, the stuff with Vogel, I, I mean, look, that stuff was not surprising because I think it was a couple of days before Chris Mannix wrote a story on SI about, hey, this isn't Frank Vogel's fault, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is and I know on Twitter automatically love to blame the coach. I'm not sitting here saying the coach is infallible. I'm not saying that, okay? The coach has made mistakes, but if we're doing a pecking order of problems with this team right now, I think the coach is way down the list. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I actually had Chris on, on the radio show on ESPN Los Angeles that day, and we talked about it, and we were very much in agreement uh, about it. So if anyone missed it, you can go back on my podcast and find it uh, from a few weeks ago. Um, And yeah, like, so when he said what he said, it wasn't an endorsement by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it was n- not condemning him either. Uh, it was very much down the middle, slightly passive aggressive, which he's great at. Like yeah. he knows how to toe that line where you kind of know what he's thinking because historically he's been passive aggressive, but you know that he doesn't want to blamed for anything which let's face it if anything happens it's always he's always gonna be the first person people point at so i get it like i'm not i'm not trying to tell him i wouldn't do the same thing because i don't know i've never stepped 
you know, foot in his, uh, you know, a day in his shoes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know what that's like. Uh, but I would imagine it's probably super annoying some days um, while being really <laughs> awesome other days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Vogel thing, um, it's fascinating because I think most people, um, and I had kind of been on that bandwagon before Chris wrote it, as I mentioned, that, hey, this isn't Frank's fault. Like, he's not the biggest issue. Then we saw Barkley come out and say what he said. Uh, and more and more people have kind of come out in defense of Frank. I think we can all agree the roster construction of this team is not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that that is where the finger needs to be pointed, um, which to your point earlier, he kind of took um, a step back away from that as well. Um, you know, meanwhile, the general manager, um, or I, I don't know what Rob's official title is, I guess vice president perhaps, mm -hmm. um, is told us last media day that he and uh, or maybe it was two media days ago every media he, day like basically yeah, that, every chance he gets he says that he works hard with lebron and in Anthony collaboration Hayes. with lebron yep. and ad right yeah texturing all that stuff so it's like okay so yeah he he's he's doing the right thing of distancing himself a little bit <laughs> yeah um I, you know but it, it, there is a this is very entangled is is what i would say and then what was the third one? Oh, the taylor horton tucker stuff um Look, man, Taylor Horton Tucker um, did a really good job of getting Taylor Horton Tucker paid. Um, yeah. And Taylor Horton Tucker is an incredible talent. I think that he's barely scratching the surface of what he's capable of. But um, he is their only trade chip. And I don't think anyone um, in basketball uh, that follows the sport uh, doesn't know that, right? Like everyone knows he's the only trade chip they have. Yeah. Could they piece him together with other guys to kind of make a bigger – uh, play sure um we saw that in cleveland a couple of years ago 2018 i believe when they packaged half the team basically mm -hmm. uh, mid-season including Dwayne wade being shipped back to miami <laughs> um jay crowder by the way was shipped off in that in that mm -hmm. trade and in retrospect maybe that wasn't uh, an ideal move maybe he wasn't just an ideal fit in cleveland that year but um yeah like we've seen this before so yes i speak lebron yes i i i smirk a lot I chuckle occasionally, rarely guffaw, rarely guffaw. I, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm a guffar. Now, now I, I, the, the issue is that right newer now there's not, you're newer, you're newer to this. It's only been three years for you. There's, there's not much, there's, there's not much guffawing right now because every time I do more than a chuckle, I like heave over and I have to like catch my breath again because of the stupid nagging cough. But yeah, I, I find myself, I find myself like laughing fairly hard at, at all of this because like, I, look, you, you mentioned it. LeBron has been doing this for years, 20 years, that he's been in the loudest voice in every room that he's been in. And over that time, he has uh, trained himself and been trained incredibly well at being aware of the things that he says and doesn't say and the effect that they're going to have on everybody and how everybody's going to read four lines deep into the three yep. words that he says. And so, yep. I got, I, and, and I, I, you know, to his credit, he has not messed up that often. He has a couple of misses here and there on his resume, but because of how aware he is of the things that he says, more often than not, he gets what his what he wants his message to be across. And I think uh, with with Vogel especially, given the fact that he had just like days prior called Ty Lue like a a flawless coach, that he yeah. has no he has he has no weaknesses and all these things. And then, uh, well, you know, Frank Vogel is stubborn was was the take that he offered up on on his current coach 
uh, I have to take note of that. Like that was that was stuff that I I had to uh, notice. And you know, given the fact that we know he wanted Lou uh, to be the head coach, and the Lakers didn't want to pay up for Lou to be the head coach. And uh, given the fact that we know he probably also wanted Monty Williams to be the head coach. And given the success that Williams has had in Phoenix, you can kind of see why LeBron would be a little frustrated about this. And then now he is left with the third choice in Frank Vogel. And, and you know, the season isn't going very well. And for LeBron, if he helped put this roster together, he's probably going to look elsewhere for blame outside himself. That's That's just human nature. And when people are questioning Frank Vogel and the job that he's doing, even though I agree with you, I have Vogel like fourth or fifth on my power rankings list of, of who gets the most blame right now for where the Lakers currently sit. Of course, LeBron's going to say, well, you know, I think he could be doing a little bit more. If we ejected him with, uh, with uh, true serum, he would probably, you know, I, I think we could go bigger a little sometimes. I think we could maybe go with, with a few more shooters around me sometimes. Uh, LeBron did speak at, at length about the number of shooters that the Lakers have and the roster that they have around them and the weapons that they have around them. And then, you know, so if you're just kind of comparing everybody and who he's speaking about, it's pretty clear that the, the guy that he feels kind of the least confident about is probably Vogel. And you know, given the context under which Vogel is was hired, and then on top of that, extended in air quotes because he only got the one year, like it makes total sense why LeBron and the organization would say, well, of the easiest quote unquote fixes to the season, right? Changing the coach is the easiest one because changing this roster, as we just found out today, and we're going to talk about Russ here in a second, uh, changing the roster is going to be really difficult. They only have the one kind of viable trade chip in Taylor Horton Tucker. They have a $5 million contract uh, for salary matching purposes in Kendrick Nunn, who, by the way, hasn't played this year. Uh, yeah. They The first year that they can trade a first rounder, I believe, is 2026. It's just, it's the, the cupboard is bare. So if they're going to make a change to, you know, fix this season, Vogel is kind of the guy, fair or not. Oh, I agreed 100%. Like, you nailed it. Like, it's just always easier to remove the coach than try to undo the web that you've entangled yourself in <laughs> yeah. from a roster perspective. So, yeah, I, I do think that that's the case. Um, yeah, it, it it sucks for Frank. But, Frank, what the one thing LeBron did say that's accurate, and Frank echoed those sentiments, which was this is the business you're in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the reality of it. And they both know that. Um, not fun. Um, you know, look, LeBron, coaching LeBron is great some days. Yeah. And I would imagine coaching LeBron other days isn't so great. Um, because <laughs> yeah. you're talking about a guy who is, you know, a savant, right, when it comes to basketball. And he's and as he's gotten older, certainly, I mean, even when he was young, but as he's certainly as he's gotten older, has more and more opinions about how he thinks not only his game um, should be employed, but how the rest of the team and even the mm -hmm. franchise's games should be employed. So, Especially on offense. Especially correct. on offense. And look, I don't think LeBron's wrong. Like LeBron, in the because, in, you know, he mentioned that thing about, you know, loving to play center because he could kind of read the defense and kind of help mm -hmm. guys kind of be where they're at. I get it. Was Frank quick enough to adjust to that? Probably not. Like that's a fair criticism, but he did. Yeah. You know what I mean, like he's not playing DeAndre Jordan anymore. Yeah. Um, they're playing one center. Um, so it's been great. I, it's been so much more fun to watch. The 
weird thing that's going on is the Anthony Davis stuff. And look, Anthony Davis is an incredible basketball player. I call him the cheat code. When mm -hmm. he is right, there's not anyone like him in the sport, right? Like even, you know, even Giannis, maybe Giannis now, right? Like Giannis now has surpassed him, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, but up until recently, that wasn't the case. Like you could make the case like, hey, Anthony Davis at his best is better than Giannis at his best. Mm -hmm. um, but not anymore. Like you can't, there's no way you can make that argument anymore. No. Um, and but I still think he's, I think that, so that happening, right? Changed the math on Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis's success, the Lakers winning a championship, him being such an integral part of what they did, both defensively and offensively, shooting a career high 38% while in the bubble, right, from three. I mean, that's mm -hmm. KD land, okay? Like, that's yeah. what we're talking about there. So, um, like, that stuff set a bar. Everyone's like, oh, of course we'll pass the torch to him. You know, yeah. like, he's the guy. And then he comes into last season, not in the greatest of shape. Even before the injury, we're talking about numbers that were as low as they had been since early in his career. Mm -hmm. And then this year, he's being asked, and this is where I think the unfair part comes in. He's being asked, hey, this team probably stinks on defense, so we're going to need Can you to fix mask everything, all the problems. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, I, I, you know, I get it, you know. And, and look, he's always going to be dealing with injury issues. I'm a big believer in the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that, you know, he's 27 years old, right? But he's had a lot of injuries. Now you can say he hasn't had any crazy catastrophic injuries outside of last season, but now he's had that catastrophic injury where he tried to come back and he didn't look right in the mm -hmm. playoffs last year. So and now he's dealing worse. with that. Right. He's dealing with that too. Um, is he as aggressive as anyone would like? No, I think most people would sit there and want him to be more aggressive. I get it. I'm sure LeBron, if you gave him truth serum, would say, I thought he was going to help carry me in my golden years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At least during the regular season. So mm -hmm. I didn't have to put this kind of gargantuan effort every night to just try to beat the Orlando Magic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or the he needed to sleep Thunder. 12 hours to beat Orlando. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he slept 12, midnight to 8 and then again from <laughs> 8.30 to noon or whatever. Um, so, yeah, like I – so I, I'm – it's weird because everyone loves things to be nice and neat and like even our takes, like they want them to be nice and neat, but there's nuance to all of this. Yeah. Are there criti valid criticisms of Vogel? Yes. Is Vogel taking too much heat? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are there valid criticisms of Anthony Davis? Yes. Is he probably taking too much heat? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on here that needs to be remedied. Vogel, to his credit, right now, I think the Lakers are either 11th or 12th, maybe. In defensive efficiency, which I would have never in my wildest dreams thought. Now I think some of that is the schedule. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um I said that this roster is currently constituted, um, after the first like 10 games of the season, would probably not be an upper half defense. And if and maybe even lower third. And if and if you think otherwise, um, then something really crazy has had to have happened. Like Anthony Davis has gone nuts. Right, LeBron is engaged on defense during the regular season, or Vogel has unmasked some sort of defensive scheme I've never seen before, or that is even maybe somewhat foreign to his traditional style of playing, right? Like outside of the box for him. And maybe we're seeing all of those things, right? LeBron seems more engaged. 
Vogel is obviously playing a lot smaller, which is not what he likes to do historically. Um, and, you know, AD, you know, he's, he's always going to be a good defender. But it is crazy. Like, there's a lot going on with this team. And we still haven't gotten to Russ yet. No. Yeah. As we as we uh, record right now, the uh, the first reports of the Lakers having internal conversations about potentially trading this guy have surfaced. I thought we would get to 2022 before we got that. I thought we would get to the new new year. I knew we were probably going to get that at some point, especially because I look, I just didn't like this roster from the get go. And and I thought that, you know, that it would kind of toil in mediocrity for a while and then something was going to have to give. Uh, we just know, you know, as as Harrison wrote for Silver Screen and Roll earlier today, and and as has been talked about at length all over the place, uh, Jake Fisher basically said that yeah, the Lakers are interested in 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 potentially finding a trade for Russ. It's just mathematically almost impossible because the guy's making almost fifty million dollars this year, and in order to to add up to a fifty million dollar contract, most teams are having to put together trade offers of of three players. And in the year 2021 of our Lord, I don't know very many teams that are lining up to give up three 10-ish million dollar uh, players, 10 plus million dollar players uh, for Russell Westbrook, given we what we've now seen of his career. So uh, what did you what did you take from from all of the rumors and and that did it surprise you that we got to this point already? Um, no, no, no because it's if you have eyes, you can just see that it's a challenge, right? Like yeah. it's not easy. Look, I picked them to win a championship. Okay. <laughs> On yeah. ESPN.com somewhere you can scroll and find my name and it says NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers, 21, 22. Okay. So <laughs> now I thought this was my calculation, right? LeBron always figures it out. LeBron always figures it out. If he's healthy, mm-hmm. relatively healthy, LeBron always figures it out. And that may still happen, okay? Now, I feel like there's diminishing returns on that as time goes by. But I'm, I'm, I've always said I'm going to ride him until the wheels fall off. And when that happens, it happens. But I still think if AD and LeBron are healthy, you've got a shot to win a championship. Yeah. Um, I also thought Russ more, at this stage of his career, more inclined to play that – Dwayne Wade Miami role, mm-hmm. right? Where, I mean, look, that first year, I, look, I covered those guys, right? So, you know, that first year was clunky as hell. They were taking turns. And for the most part, it feels that way with LeBron and Russ outside of a few mm-hmm. plays here or there. And what Dwayne did in year two was, you know, after having a conversation with LeBron, like, hey, the ball's got to be in your hands. Um, I'll do other things. Dwayne became an incredible cutter, and, mm-hmm. setting screens, like, you know, just finding ways to affect the game and still get his shots off right now, albeit not what he was doing volume wise before then, but still get plenty of shots up um, doing other things. Right. And those two also something that Russ and, and LeBron did not have outside of, I believe, playing 12 minutes together in an all-star game, Dwayne and LeBron out of, I mean, not probably worked out a ton together yep. previously. Yeah. They had played in all star games, team really, USA, really close. right? Mm-hmm. All that stuff. So there was already, there was, even though it was clunky in year one, there was at least a, at times you were like, holy moly, that looks yeah. incredible, particularly on the break, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we haven't seen as much of that as I would have thought from Russ. But, you know, 
I, I just assumed that we'd see less three-point shooting, less bad shots, and that Russ would be more efficient because he's playing with LeBron, and we, we really yet to see that. There was a game this past week. I mean, they all kind of run together now on me. Um, mm-hmm. Late in the game, um, God, who did they play last week? Was it Memphis? Yeah, it was Memphis. And it was like – Where they lost. And it was still within reach early in the fourth quarter. It was like a six-point game at some point, maybe somewhere in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Russ got the ball. LeBron gave Russ the ball near the wing. Yeah. And he just think... just threw it up there from three. And LeBron just kind of threw his head back. like, And the cameras didn't catch it because it was like a, a long, you know, the yeah. wide shot. But I saw that. And I was just like, his head flicked back. And I was just like, more of that, bro. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like yeah. this, like this, just he is to take ill-advised shots. Like that is just in his DNA. It's like Anthony Davis at this stage, right? Like those guys are well into their career, ten years and beyond, right? Like you mm-hmm. know, like now they are formed players. Like could they adapt? Sure, Dwayne did it. That's a different circumstance. You know what I'm saying? And they're also a different person. You can't expect every person to be Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Um. So it it just yeah, I don't love it. If they can look, if Rob can pull that off, man, he is he's a wizard, a warlock even. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily see it. I think it would take some help from elsewhere. You know, like the Simmons thing came up, right? And oh, it's gotta be multiple teams. Like you can't yeah. do that you know, one to one. Like no Well, I, I, I think it would even I would I would go so far as to say that like if if Russ is traded, he will have asked for a trade. Or some player will have said specifically that I I, I will only welcome a trade to the Lakers, or otherwise right. I'll be I'll be right. you know. So like if Simmons basically come comes out and says, yeah, you know Portland, you could trade for me if you want, but I'm not going to operate at the same level, or I you know you might see a lot of the yeah. same stuff that you've yeah. seen in Philly, you know, and 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 in that case, you know, if you're Maury and you have no other options then you can technically get back a, a point guard or a player who can help you this help you this year. Uh, but I I don't see it arriving at that point because, frankly, I think Simmons really wants to play basketball. I think he really wants to get out there yeah. and, and show Philly, yeah, and, yeah I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not the guy that you guys thought I was. And quick sidebar on that. I know everyone's being and clowning Ben Simmons. Um, he's still really damn good, man. Like, yeah. That guy is one of the top two or three defensive players in the sport. Yeah. And incredible passer. Um, going, I think up through last season, for the last two seasons, no one has created more open three than him. Like, it's – like, he's really good, man. Like, yeah. I, I, and he can finish at the rim. I know the, the stuff with Atlanta in that Atlanta series is really weird, man. Like, it is mm-hmm. weird. I, I get it. Felt We've like the weird yips. stuff. Um, but – I've been a big proponent of this, and I like Doc. But Doc saying what he said, I would—I mean, what did he expect? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. when, when you're asked, "Can he be the, your point guard on a championship team?" He's like, "I don't know." Yeah. And and now he's tr- and he, then he tried to spin it as, "Well, like I was dismissing the question, not that I was talking about Ben." Like, really? Yeah. We all watched it. We all heard. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so Philly has no one to blame but themselves, I think, in a lot of ways, in regards to how this 
situation is going for them now. Um, because I think that was the moment that changed everything. Like, hey, man, we're all human. We all have emotions and feelings. And I'd be pissed, too, if I were Ben Simmons, if my coach said that. What's your what's your prediction on what the Lakers roster looks like at the end of the year? Do you think it's as it looks Ooh. right now? Or do you think, you know, THT isn't there? Do you think Russ isn't there? Like, I... You know that if if the Lakers continue to go, so right now the combination and like some of this is kind of weighted because they played a lot with DeAndre Jordan early in, earlier in the year, but as it stands, the the, the three man combo of LeBron, Russ, and Davis, offensive rating of one hundred nine point five, defensive rating of one hundred eight point two. That's only a net of one point three. Those are that's your big three. Those are the lineups that should be dominating, and they aren't. Uh, so if that kind of continues here, or even if it has a slight uptick not necessarily the exact uptick that they're hoping for. Do you think the Lakers, you know, are so desperate that they even take a loss on Russ just to get a couple role players in that maybe fit a little bit better and take you back to the identity that, that helped win a championship? So my gut reaction says no, that they don't trade Russ, mm -hmm. um, that they gauge interest because that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and nothing actually gets done. I also think part of it is, and I was told this before the season, that, you know, the idea was that LeBron and, you know, whether it was LeBron and AD and Rob all together on their text chats or whatever, yeah. that they wanted to recreate the big three in Miami, that mm -hmm. that's kind of what they wanted. Um, no, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't know if you bail on that that quickly because obviously a lot of things got moved. It would mean taking, be taking huge L's publicly, right? Like, yeah. um, because you made such a big seismic move. And if it's, you, if you call it a failure after half a season, <laughs> then yeah. I mean, and you're all you're getting back is role players. Like, yeah, like I, I don't know if that, if that's a, a look any, any of those guys want. Um, so I, I think because of that, I think they give it a try. It's fast. What's fascinating to me is, which was the game AD? Was it the Oklahoma City game that AD had 17 and 16 this past week? He had yes. a game this week uh -huh. where he scored 17 and 16. Mm -hmm. I actually think that is a – this may sound nuts, but I actually think the recipe for late, the success for the Lakers is LeBron and Westbrook as the – primary initiators of offense and mm -hmm. carrying the scoring scoring burden and unfortunately ad having to take on the chris bosh love role mm -hmm. where it's like we don't need 20 every night but go get a 16 boards yeah we'll play incredible and be defense. everywhere over there go get three blocks a night you know what i'm saying like yep. and i think that and and yeah just play crazy pick and roll defense and I think that might be the best recipe for success for this particular group of Lakers. Now, long-term, is that something AD is probably going to want to do? Probably not. Um, but at least for now with this particular group, if they are going to have to keep Westbrook, which I believe they will for the reasons I just laid out, uh, both uh, reasons beyond their control and reasons within their control, um, I think that's their best recipe for success. So if I had to guess, it's that gets moved. Um, if they can get something of real value in return, you know, some, somebody that makes in the $20 million range that mm -hmm. can really be like a wing, a elite level role player slash incredible rotation piece, right? Like, I think that that, that might be what they're trying to fetch with him. Yeah. I, 
I'm holding out hope for, I know Jeremy Grant was a name that they're tied to already. Right. I'm hoping for like Harrison Barnes, even if, if that's a possibility. Yeah. One of, one of those kind of wing guys, because THT and Russ are too similar, I think, in approach to, in approach to offense, position that they play, kind of big-ish guards who, you know, might be able to shoot on occasion on the catch and shoot type of stuff, but prefer to have the ball in their hands and attack the basket off of multiple dribbles. Like you can only have maybe two of those guys in the lineup at the same time. One of those guys is going to be LeBron. The other one's going to be Russ. And then the other, the, the third guy, you're hoping THT learns how to operate off of like two dribbles. And that's just not his game right now. It's just, yeah. it is. Well, if you trade THT, um, like, you know, if you meant, you mentioned Harrison Barnes, right? Like, so if you trade him to Sacramento, I mean, they have so many guards. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, granted, you know, in today's NBA, Taylor Horn Tucker could start at small forward for pretty much yeah. every team. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, like, they have so many guards. Like, I, I feel like they have too many guards already, you know, or too many backcourt players already. Like, well, if, we, um, if they, we head down the path of trying to fix the Kings, too, we'll be here for four oh, hours. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying, if I'm the Lakers, maybe I try to get back, like, one of those guards, right? Oh, like, yeah, two, maybe. You know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, I love Davion Mitchell and Halliburton. I was just like, thinking him, yeah. yeah. But... Those two guys are, are, I think, have really high upside as, like, really good players. I don't know if any of them are going to be stars, but I think that they can be all-star caliber type players down yeah. the road. Or just like really good role players. Like th yeah. th that was that was kind of what was frustrating yeah. about this offseason was that the Lakers kind of overlooked how important elite role players are. It yeah. really helps to have a Caruso. Right. It really helps they, to have a Kuz or a KCP. They, they just went after guys that were specialists. Like yeah. they, yeah, these guys can shoot. Let's go get those guys. Because right. yes, you want a ton of shooting around LeBron. I get it. <laughs> but you also need some guys that can also play defense around LeBron. Right, exactly. All right, well, uh, that half hour flew by, and yeah. uh, I wanted to, at some point, I am really curious about uh, the the process that has been diving into play-by-play. -play. Uh, if you guys haven't uh, checked it out yet, he's doing radio play-by-play -play for the for NFL games, um, some college football games, you said as well, right, George? And, yeah, and I'll be doing some NBA games in March, uh, including uh, Lakers-Warriors, I believe, March 5th. On play-by-play? Yeah, on ESPN Radio. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! All right, well there you go. So so uh, so check out all of that stuff if you have a chance. It's a it's a fascinating process. You and I have been talking about it quite a bit. You know, just in text back and forth about like what it's like to to just try to talk over and, and during a game, and and I, I I'm I'm fascinated by the entire thing. It, it, we can do a separate pod one day about that. It's really hard, is what I would say. <laughs> that that's the best way to encapsulate it. It's really hard. So when yeah. you're listening to someone on radio try to do play by play of basketball, particularly or any sport, it's yeah. really hard. Um, but it's a great place to learn to then eventually move on to television if that's what you get lucky enough to do. Um, also, one last thing for you: mm -hmm. get a humidifier, dude, for your cough. Dude, I I'm I'm trying so many things. It's just. Standing in steam showers, uh, with the Vicks, Vicks yeah. makes a, a special, like you have to buy the Vicks contraption, mm -hmm. um, but it's worth it. We do it for my three-year-old. Yes. I'm actually applying the same sensibilities <laughs> to you that I would my three-year-old when he has a bad cough. Um, and it has like this little Vicks like, uh, style, uh, liquid you pour in along yeah. with the water. And, uh, it's actually even better. I give that a try. You make a ton of money on this podcast. Go, oh, go, totally. go to CVS or mm -hmm. Walgreens or Rite Aid or wherever uh, your pharmacy and go get yourself one of those things. 
and I bet you you'll feel better. My grandma right now is up in heaven just yelling at me, eat some Vicks, uh, put some Vicks on your feet, like my, my, my Mexican grandma with all of her Mexican remedies, like yes. all that stuff, yes. like yes. drink some lemon juice, some hot lemon juice and honey, like all that stuff. So, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm that close to diving down that tunnel as well. It's just, it's such, a, it's such an annoying cough. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, George, for hopping on again, ESPN radio, uh, out there in LA as well. His stuff for uh, the NFL and now apparently the NBA. Fortunately for the NBA, you don't have giant Lakers shoes that you're stepping into when you call their games uh, for, for radio play-by-play. Um, no, but... <laughs> no, no. But we, there are plenty of big shoes I'm stepping into. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine what it must have been like for any of those guys to fill in for Chick or fit, yeah. try to try to, you know, replace, not, you know, replace, but obviously try to fill the void. Yeah, take take that torch or whatever, but but yeah, but uh, best of luck on that. I've really enjoyed it thus far, and I've really enjoyed this. So thank you very much for hopping on. You got a brother anytime. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>